G'day, and welcome to the AHDC podcast series, Health Design on the Go. I'm your host, David Cummins, and today we're speaking to Michelle Fairhame, who is a wayfinding specialist and I- wayfinding specialist at ID Labs, based in Melbourne. Originally from the Netherlands, Michelle has called Australia home for the last 25 years. Over his career, Michelle has worked on and improved wayfinding for multiple health projects across the world and is considered an industry specialist and a global leader in the industry. Michelle has worked in the actual wayfinding industry for over 35 years and has been with the Australian Health Design Council for over six years. It is Michelle's ability to respectfully challenge and raise questions to the AHDC that has helped shape the AHDC as a global leader in the health design space and wayfinding space in Australia and around the world. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for your time here today. Thanks. You are a very famous wayfinding strategist, especially in Australia, especially in the health industry. How important is your ability to communicate with others in this industry? As a consultant, the role that we've got to play as consultants is to tell people what we think or know is. And that's that's rather black and white quite often. What I want in a project is that we are able to say what we come up with from our specialist experience and for a client to listen to that and then make a decision. I think that one of the challenges in bigger projects is that different parties have different reasons for doing things. It is not that we all want the best possible outcome. The builder has a set of KPIs, which will include profitability or time or the fact that they can use the project for marketing or something. The architect has similar, has a set of KPIs, but they will be quite different from the builders. They will also actually be quite different from the client's KPIs. We need to understand that people have different drivers and then companies have different drivers and then organizations have different drivers. It's actually a miracle that we can do projects that people you know, generally are happy about because we all have very different ideas about how things should be. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. A lot of people listening may not be aware of what wayfinding is and even more so get confused between wayfinding and signage. What actually is wayfinding? What do you actually do to assist with wayfinding in the healthcare industry? The two definitions of wayfinding, one is from the person who does the actual wayfinding. So the patient or visitor to a hospital that needs to get to where they need to be. <clears throat> and sometimes we add that gets that needs to get to where they need to be in an efficient way, but that could also be in a nice way or in a timely way. So the user has a requirement for wayfinding and they become the wayfinder. And then from our point of view, from the from the design team or the design disciplines point of view, we need to create a system that allows the person who needs to do the wayfinding to do what it is that they need to do. And that means that we we like to talk about creating an environment where the the information that the user needs to be effective in wayfinding is provided at the right time in the right way to the right user. I don't talk about signage because the information could as well 
be provided and in fact we would like it we would prefer it to be provided through architecture through legibility of the architecture through understanding how space works so that's why we talk about a wayfinding system which is the the complete set of information that people use in order to navigate efficiently and that information can be provided in a myriad of different ways yeah it's a very interesting point about information because especially in a hospital environment where some people's anxiety and stress might be heightened the ability to provide information to people who may not be aware of the surroundings but also desperately needing information. It's a very interesting balance and a big challenge for wayfinding specialists to be able to communicate with people who need to be communicated with but may not be present in the moment and be aware of what's happening around them. We often think or, or draw what we call a stress map that shows where people in their physical journey may have more or less stress so that we know where the information that gets provided or that needs to be provided should be bigger or louder or toned down in order to match the person's abilities within stress or when they're not that stressed. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very fine balance. In the last 35 years, it's a very interesting career and a very long career. What it drew you to the wayfinding industry and in particular, the health wayfinding industry. And what advice would you give those who would be interested in joining the industry? There was not a thing that drew me to wayfinding. It was a, a series of, uh, in this case, fortunate accidents that, that got me to be interested in wayfinding. I studied photography and then started working in a signage company. I did a, a degree marketing communication. And, and as part of this degree, we had a number of psychology lectures. And in one of those lectures, I connected my, I've worked on a number of different typologies in wayfinding. And as the company, we still do that. But health is the main place that we play. And one of the reasons for me is that it's a type of project where we can make a real difference in how people experience their physical journey through the space. And that particular type of experience really makes a difference in their lives. What then would you say some of the biggest challenges for the wayfinding industry and and the healthcare in particular? I think a big challenge is that we are not always recognized for being able to make a difference in a project. Going back to what we discussed just a little bit earlier about the different KPIs that, that the different organizations have in a project. If the KPI was the best possible patient experience, then we would normally, we, we should really play a bigger role in a project. <clears throat> and that is not always the case. I understand that. And, and that is, that is life. That is how it is. But in projects where the collaboration between the architects, the hospital and us is really good, the space that gets designed is normally so much better than if we don't have that collaboration. We often critique architects' work in a project. In a project where we collaborate with architects, we will often come up with other ways of of designing a space. And that is because our only focus is people. 
we don't have to worry about the fact that this column has to have a certain strength because otherwise the building will crumple in itself. We only have to worry about what a person sees and hears and feels and smells. I understand that our narrow view also has its limitations. And in projects where we collaborate well with architects, you can see it in the project. You can see that the, that the flows are better, that the, that the processes that people have to follow are better. And that's the thing that I'd love to see more of. Yeah, I must admit, in my career, you definitely notice when wayfinding has not been engaged early. And you definitely have this feeling, especially as a user, when it has been done properly. Yes, I agree. The so Victorian Comprehensive Cancer Centre is one of my best projects. There are a number of architectural interventions that make such a big difference in how people navigate the space and understand the space. And I am really proud of the fact that the architects have designed it like that. So when in a project do you believe wayfinding should be included and wayfinding strategists should be engaged to help get the maximum benefit for the project and the patient? We play a role in master plans, a limited role, but yes, that is where it starts. I think that in the workshops with the end user clients or with the hospital, the people who are going to run the hospital, I think that the view of us as very human-centered designers would make a difference. So we'd like to play a role in the workshops. I think that in the schematic and concept design phases, when the bigger decisions are made, I think that having us look at what is happening and you know have a conversation about our ideas would really make a big difference in projects. When it's DD, you know, bigger architectural changes won't happen, whilst in concept and schematic phases, we could have a conversation about should the reception desk be on that side or would it be better if it was on that side? We've even had conversations on projects where our ideas about the orientation of lift course was taken on by the architect and by the client because the recommendations that we had about the visibility of lifts and with that, the understanding of the space, they were taken on by the architect. And the results are really, really different from how it was before that. Yeah, absolutely. It makes such a big difference because I have been in a situation many times where you've got a heightened sense of anxiety in a hospital and it actually gives a level of comfort to reduce your anxiety knowing how you need to get to a place because it takes one less thing for you to worry about to get to that position. Yeah, and going back to the VCCC, because it's actually a really good example of very good collaboration between the architects and the wayfinding consultants. It was a PPP that also makes a difference. Huh? The financier and, and the facility managers are both very interested in making it work. But in the VCCC, when you walk through the main entrance, there's a dog leg in the main entrance. The dog leg pushes you towards the main reception in the brief it said that everybody had to go to the reception. So the the dog leg, when they walk towards the reception, they already see the main lifts. The main lifts are visible from the point of where you stand at the reception, which means that the receptionist can point at the lifts and say, you need to take those lifts. There are plenty of examples of projects where those very simple principles are not applied and therefore the space is definitely not as legible. We've also worked on projects where looking back, 
at the project. The wayfinding is not as optimal as we would have liked it. One of the best things about the AHDC is that it does have a lot of people on the board with a lot more experience. As you said, 35 years is a lot of experience and a lot of lessons learned, a lot of opportunities for errors and for you know rectifying those errors what actually drew you to be part of the ahdc one is i've been volunteering my whole life so yes you can put a little sticker on my back that says you know a little golden star on my back what drew me to the ahdc was for us an opportunity to get the voice of the wayfinding consultants heard a bit there was a bit of a marketing drive from our side and what has changed is that i think that in the committee, I play the role of the person that says, hang on, is that really what we should do? Can we also have a look at this? So I'm not necessarily the man with all the great ideas. My very specific role within the committee is to be involved with the events. And I've got a role to play in organizing the study tours and the study trips, preferably overseas. What do you think the future of wayfinding is in healthcare in Australia and the world? Well, everybody would say digital. I'd like to be able to say that the current state of technology would allow us to developable systems for a large group of people. Unfortunately, I think that technology is not quite there, but also the uptake of the technology is not quite there in a hospital wayfinding environment. There will be a time where people only navigate by speaking their destination out loud in front of them and their their the augmented reality glasses will you know project the arrows in front of them in every brief that we've had in the last 10 years it says digital wayfinding i don't know of a hospital in australia that has actually implemented that successfully there's also not the budget to actually do a good piece of work yeah it's very interesting times and a very interesting future Thank you very much, Michelle, for your time. You have been listening to the Australian Health Design Council podcast series, Health Design on the Go. If you'd like to learn more about the AHDC, please connect to us on our website or LinkedIn.